Radio. It's now time for The Journey with Dodsey and Dave. G'day everyone, thanks for tuning in and welcome to The Journey. I'm Dave. And I'm Dodsey and I am so excited because this is another great show, jam-packed full of goodness this week <laughs> with all of the great Christian music that The Journey's famous for and the inputs from all of our brilliant presenters. Love your energy, Dodsey, Sister Hilda, the Catholic guy, Bruce Downs, Trish McCarthy, Pete Gilmore and as you know Grant, the list just keeps going all right, and going. Well, why don't you continue with it then? Because it's your turn to speak. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> I hope they're on the game this week because we've had so much positive feedback from a couple of our new presenters that made their debut on The Journey last week. I'm talking, of course, about uh, Marilyn Rodriguez and her segment, The Peaceful Parent, and Sam Clear, who, as we heard last week, walked around the world for Christian unity and will be providing us with a regular segment called Walking the Walk. There's a lot of competition to get on the journey, Grant, a bit like the Australian cricket batting lineup. I had to mention cricket, but thankfully, <laughs> we have them all contributing regularly to the journey. Anyway, Grant, what's news? Mate, plenty going on. Footy season's kicking oh, off yeah. all over the place. The old dragons are back in there. And I'll bet you're pleased that the footy cards are underway around Australia, mate. I know your Roosters have a job ahead of them to defend the title they won in 2013. Yeah, get over yourself, mate. Back to back. They might as well just give the trophy to us now, Mr Dodsey. Come on, you Roosters. And I'm hoping the mighty Swans have a great year as well. Anyway... What's first up on the show this week, Dodsey? Well, we enter the second week of the Lenten season. We've got a great Lenten Sunday reflection from Father Graham, and that'll be followed by Bethel with My Dear. Oh, I love Bethel. Faith, hope, love and life. You're tuned to The Journey. Here's this week's Reflection on the Gospel. In the journey through Lent each year, the Church leads us first out into the wilderness to be with Jesus during His temptations, and then on the second Sunday of Lent, His three closest disciples join Jesus as they journey up a high mountain. The strange event which the Bible calls Jesus being transfigured is told today in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 17. Sometimes we think that it's on this particular mountain that the divinity of Jesus is revealed when He shines brightly. But in fact, the writers of the New Testament knew that humanity itself was a rather glorious thing, and that the perfect humanity that was Jesus was the model for the glory that all his people would one day share. Early Christians would tell us that if you wanted to see the divinity of Jesus, you must look at the suffering and shameful death of Jesus, even if this continues to surprise us. So, to understand what happens here on the mountain of the Transfiguration, you need to meditate on the other mountain, the place of the crucifixion. On this mountain, Jesus is revealed in glory. There, on that hill outside Jerusalem, Jesus is revealed in his shame. Here, the clothing that Jesus is wearing is shining white and bright. There, his clothes have been stripped away. Here, Jesus is flanked by the two great heroes of Israel, Moses and Elijah. There, he only has two brigands to flank him. Here, a bright cloud covers them with its shadow. There, the land is covered in darkness. Here, Peter declares how wonderful this all is. There, Peter and the others have run away and hide in their fear. Here, the booming voice of God declares that this is his beloved son. There, it is left to a pagan Roman soldier to declare in his surprise that this really was God's son. Perhaps it's only when we begin to really see that the glory of God can be revealed in sorrow and shame that we begin to understand how strange and wonderful is this story of Jesus. This Lent, we are invited to move deeper into this story as we listen to the voice of Jesus calling us into life grace and peace. This is Father Richard Healy from St. Paul's in Camden. You're listening to The Journey with Dave and Dodsey from the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong 
on cradio.org.au. The Journey with Doddy and Dave. Here's Sister Hilda with Wisdom from the Abbey. I have a friend who has the full-time care of her elderly mother. The mother, God lover, is increasingly the, the victim of dementia. And sometimes she understands what's going on and sometimes she doesn't. And there is the physical disabilities as well, of course. My friend told me that one day she, had, she actually said to her mother, as her mother was in a state of agitation over yet another doctor's appointment, she said to her, Mum, if you can trust that I will always do the right thing by you, if you can trust the love that I have for you, if you can trust that I will never, never, never put you in a situation where there's the slightest bit of harm, if you can trust me, we're going to be all right. I found that incredibly beautiful. And I thought, God says the same thing, you know, to you and me. If you can trust that no matter how things look, I'm there with you. If you can trust that I will never, 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 never put you in a situation that's going to be the least bit harmful for you, we're going to be all right. If you can trust the love that I have for you, we'll be all right. Love, as you well know, is not a static thing. It grows. It grows over a series of experiences. It grows through good times and in bad. Our question, can we trust the love of God? I'll let you in on a secret. God actually trusts us. As someone smart once said, all the confidence we never dared to have in God, he has in us. If we trust him, we'll be all right. Now, Grant, you will remember that last year we were lucky enough to have John L. Allen, CNN reporter on the Vatican, interviewed by our own Dan Hopper on the journey. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, I remember that. We got a real scoop there by getting hold of him in his brief trip to Australia. I remember that too. Yep, well, he's written a new book called The Global War on Christians. Cool. In which he details how growing numbers of Christians around the world are dying for their faith in Jesus Mm. from all Christian denominations in what he calls a new age of martyrs. Yes, you know, I've seen a couple of previews of it, Dave, and I intend to get a copy as soon as possible. It details how, sure, in the West, Christians are facing ridicule for their beliefs. But in places like Africa, the Middle East, Asia, and even South America, Christians are losing a lot more than their pride. They're losing life and limb. Well, his book, if nothing else, Grant, should remind us to pray for each other across denominations as we face increasing opposition to freedom of expression of our faith in Jesus. Well said indeed. You're listening to The Journey on Cradio.org. And now it's time for Milk and Honey with Trish McCarthy. In World War II England, the story was told of children who had to vacate their homes due to the fighting. The children have a difficult time sleeping at night, fearing for their lives. 
To ease their anxiety, each was given a piece of bread to comfort them, and the children were able to sleep, knowing with bread in hand they would have food for that day and the next too. The authors of the book Sleeping with Bread expand this idea to show how the things in our own lives, those things which sustain us, comfort us one day and give us hope for the next. The idea of a daily examine is simple. First, take a moment to acknowledge the presence of God. Light a candle, a time of silence, and a simple prayer. Next, ask yourself, for what am I most grateful for this day? And allow your mind to wander over the past day. Thirdly, ask yourself, for what am I least grateful for this day? And allow yourself to feel each moment and what it might be saying to you. Finally, identify one thing you would like to act on in the coming day and ask God to help you to fulfill this. You can finish up thanking God with some simple words of gratitude. This process helps us to get in touch spiritually with our physical experiences of life, using our emotions and experiences to link and discover God's presence and purpose for our lives. This is one way we can develop the gift of discernment in our life through our life-giving and life-taking moments. God is there in our midst, guiding our hearts. Together on the journey, faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. Now our interview this week is a bit more of Trish McCarthy. We're running through a series of interviews we've done with our regular presenters and this week we get to hear from Trish McCarthy. So, let's get into it. And it's g'day to Trish McCarthy. How are you going, Trish? Yeah, I'm well, thanks, Grant. Very good to be here. Yeah, you're looking good. Now, Trish, give us a little bit of the Trish McCarthy story. Yeah, well, Grant, I grew up in the northern suburbs of Wollongong, up in Helensburg up there. I had a family, big family of five kids, and uh, we're always on plenty of adventures mm. and, and loving life and having fun. And uh, after school, I went to uni, studied at uni level for a while. And uh, then did mission for about seven years, right around the country, all sorts of different places. And um, yeah, then decided to uh, to travel, travel around Australia, which was great, exploring my own big backyard. And then uh, here I am now, working uh, working for the Diocese of Wollongong Indeed. and uh, loving every minute. And they're all the better for it. <laughs> what sorts of things inspire you, Trish, to keep you going? Do you know, it's usually mostly the simple things in life, Grant. Mm. It's um, just living the moment, connecting with people. And uh, listening to their stories, everyone's got a story, and mm. uh, I just really love hearing people's stories and, and seeing where they've been and what they've done, and, mm. and that, that inspires me. Excellent. Who are your role models? I mean, who, who do you look up to in your life, and who have you looked up to in the past? Yeah, certainly from the outset, it's been first and foremost my family. Mm. Uh, so many, yeah, they've just been so inspiring in my life, mm. um, in the little things, but also the big things. They've achieved so much and uh, love me into the person that I am today. Um, but then along the journey, I've also met some significant people as well. Um, and as I said, tapping into people's stories, each one brings something and, and leaves a mark on my own life and my journey. Um, and so those people that really live life to the full and, mm. uh, and true to who they are and uh, really live with a passion. I think mm. that's the, uh, yeah. What will your segment be called, Trish? <laughs> Milk and honey. And uh, I chose that because... When the, uh, when the Bible talks about, when the scriptures talk about milk and honey, it's quite often referring to the richest portion of a particular substance, mm. that milk and honey, cream and syrup and, and all that sort of stuff. Those things that God would often lead, well, he led his people to the land of milk and honey. Mm. And uh, in the process, they were refined. They went through a, a refining process. Mm. So they become who they are meant to be. And I think for me, just sharing those little bits of wisdom that I've learned along my journey will help people to come to a greater understanding of who they are. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. Why is it so important to live life to the full? 
Put very simply, it's, uh, it's who we're created to be. You know, Jesus said that I have come that you may have life mm. and have it to the full. Uh, and when we're true to who we are and uh, moving in the direction that God wants us to, yeah. we can't help but live life to the full. Yeah. Here, here. Mm. So how did you first become involved in this project? Well, I think the very essence of what I talk about and what I'm, what I'm on about is uh, embracing our God-given passion mm. and being open to opportunities. So I guess through various people and experiences, uh, this opportunity opened up. And uh, here I am to share my passion, knowing that I am where I am meant to be. Mm. God works in mysterious ways, doesn't he, Trish? He does. <laughs> so here's the burning question. What can listeners expect from Trish McCarthy each week? Grant, they are in for something very special, I oh. can assure you. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. <laughs> There's going to be lots of little things of uh, things that are thought-provoking and challenging and empowering, but it, I think most of all is that they're going to be life-giving. Uh, things to think about and things to put into action in our own life so mm. that we, uh, we really do reach our full potential. Mm. Okay, if you're listening and you want something in your life and you want to live it to the full, this is the woman that you should listen to every week here. Thanks for your time and thanks for sharing a lot about yourself. My pleasure. <laughs> Well, that was great to hear the interview we did with Trish a little while ago, Grant. Yeah. It gives the growing numbers of people who are now tuning into the journey a little bit of the Trish McCarthy story. As I've always said, it's great to have her here on the show and all of our awesome regular contributors who share their wisdom each week. Spot on, Dave. Trish's Milk and Honey segment's one of my personal favourites each week. No offence to the other presenters. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. And now, inspiring you to dream, here's Bruce Downs, The Catholic Guy. I'm going through a period of time in my life where there's huge transition. I know that God is disturbing me constantly with the next steps for me and for the people God has positioned me to be with in this next part of my life. It's an exhilarating time in my life. At times I'm very excited about all that lies ahead and then in the next breath, I'm filled with anxiety and worry. I know that when I'm filled with anxiety, it's because I'm trying to envision the future without God and I'm doing it all by myself and in my own strength. As soon as I try to do things in my own strength and on my own strength, I can go one of two different ways. Either I convince myself it's too hard and I can't do it, so I give up. Or at other times, I really believe I can do it all by myself and head off on my own steam, often in the wrong direction from where God is trying to lead me. So doing it alone has never been that successful as a strategy for me. The best defense against worry is staying in communication with God. When we turn our thoughts to God, we can think much more positively. In prayer, we must always make time to listen as well as to speak to be in true dialogue with God. When I think of upcoming events that can cause me to be worried and anxious, I follow these rules. I don't linger too much in the negativity of the future and what could happen because anxieties spring up in those unknown times and we imagine far more than what the reality probably will be like. Instead, I try to be present in every moment of my day, confident that God will reveal things as I need to know them. And secondly, I try to remember that God is with me constantly and I must attempt to sense him in everything I do. This mental discipline does not come easily because I'm used to being the center of my thoughts. However, the reality is that God's presence is with us now and forevermore. Why don't you join me at thecatholicguy.com for inspiring you to dream. 
You're listening to The Journey with Dodsey and Dave. And now with their tips for vibrant marriages and family life, here's Byron and Francine Parola with Smart Loving. Hi, we're Byron and Francine Parola from Smart Loving and today we're talking about marrying young. I had a call recently from a priest who had just interviewed an engaged couple who we thought was very young. As he went on, it became apparent that this couple had some good things going for them. They didn't want to live together and they were growing in their faith. He was rediscovering his faith actually through her. Eventually I asked what their ages were. 23 and 25. Oh my goodness. We didn't fess up that I was 21 on our wedding day. It's well known that the age of first marriage has been rising now and is around 28 for women and 30 for men. So it does beg the question, what does the evidence tell us about the optimum age for marriage? Well, the stats show that the teenage marriage, that is less than 20, is associated with a higher incidence of divorce. They also show that marrying later than your mid-20s doesn't reduce your risk of divorce. Why would this be? Here's our take. We all know that maturity does not always correlate with age, but by about 20, most of us are mature enough to discern whether to marry someone. However, what then happens is the longer that a couple is in relationship before marriage, the more likely that this relationship will become a cohabitating one. Cohabitation is a well-documented risk factor for later divorce because couples tend to slide into the marriage through a phenomenon called commitment creep. As their relationship becomes more entangled with shared resources and social networks, it becomes harder to break up. So long-time cohabitating couples risk end up marrying not because they decide that they are ready to commit their lives to each other, but rather because breaking up is just too complex or painful. That's not a great basis for a life commitment. So, is our young, engaged couple too young to marry? It turns out statistically that the early 20s is the optimum time to tie the knot. That doesn't mean that their marriage will be fail-proof, but it does mean that their priest can be reassured that their age is not a reason for concern. We're Byron and Francine Parola. For more tips on relationships, visit smartloving.org. Together on the journey, faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. That was Byron and Francine Parola with their tips for smart loving. We also heard from Father Rob Galea, or as Grant would say, the priest with a guitar, from down in Victoria with a little tune called Song of Love. One of my favourites. We also heard from Bruce Downs, the Catholic guy, who as we speak, Dave, is bringing a contingent of his team over from Perth to the east to embark upon a mission of evangelisation and outreach aimed at bringing people who are disconnected from church Back into worshipping communities. Indeed, he's an amazing guy, Grant. And hopefully having him over here in the East will mean we can do a few more live interviews with Bruce throughout the year. Hope so. That's if he can squeeze us in between missions, outreach TV programs. Mm. He's such a busy man, doing all he can to draw people into a relationship with Christ. Coming up, Pete Gilmore with his segment, Living the Gospel. Faith, hope, love and life. You're on the journey. You're listening to The Journey with Dave and Dodsey from the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong on cradio.org.au. Now let's live the gospel with Pete Gilmore. This one is for the men. In the Bible, we find the story of Jacob and we're told that he loved a woman named Rachel, like he really loved her. In fact, he loved her enough that he agreed to work for seven years for her father so they could be married. 
Once he'd done that, after a bit of a mix-up, he ended up working another seven years for Rachel. Fourteen years! That's a long time to work to marry someone. So the question for us today is a simple one. For those of us called to marriage, how are we preparing? Do we love our future wife enough, whether we've met her yet or not, to put in the hard work of becoming the man of God that God would want for her? Are we willing not only to find and keep a stable job so that we can provide, but also establish a solid prayer life so that we can be men after God's own heart? Are we willing to courageously put to death sin and vice in our lives and pursue virtue, humility, kindness, patience, diligence, charity, temperance, purity, and chastity? We say she's worth it. Let's prove it. God bless. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews, and wisdom for living life to the full. Living the Gospel with Pete Gilmore. Great to hear from Pete regularly on the show. I tell you what, he's got such a passion for sharing his faith, especially with young people. So important, Grant. Yep, love that guy. Great to have Pete on the show regularly. And look, thanks for listening into The Journey. And again, a big cheerio to all our new listeners, particularly Callan Swan from Primby. Thanks for the feedback we consistently have on our Facebook page. Just look for The Journey Catholic Radio in your search engine. Now next week on the show, we'll be doing it all again. Great music, Dave, interviews and inputs from all our awesome presenters. Yeah, great to hear that Callum's loving the show. Bruce Downs, one of our regulars, the Catholic guy. Sister Hilda with her wisdom from the Abbey, she'll be back. Trish McCarthy, milk and honey, of course. The Parolas, smart, loving tips for great marriages. We'll also be hearing from Sam Clear and Marilyn Rodriguez as well. Thanks for joining us on the journey. And remember, have have yourselves a great week. The Journey is produced by the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong in cooperation with Pulse 94.1 and edited by Jude Hennessy and Daniel Hopper from the Office of the Bishop. Radio.org.au